It's um, a great privilege to be with you this morning to kick off um, our sermon series over Christmas, which is looking at the heart of Christmas, the message at the heart of Christmas. We'll be looking over the next few weeks at some of the theology, some of the doctrine that's that's buried in this story that is so familiar, and yet we sort of sometimes lose some of the meaning. But there's so much in this story that tells us about who Jesus is and about what God is doing. So today we're kicking off looking at Jesus as the one who is prophesied. And um, in the reading, we've met Simeon and Anna at the temple, And they were there because they were expectant that God was going to do something. But what were they expecting and why? Well, I've chosen this passage to introduce our teaching today because there are so many Old Testament prophecies that relate to the birth, life and death of Jesus that it was impossible to choose just one that would illustrate how Jesus, the Messiah, was the fulfilment of the promises that God had made through the prophets many years earlier. In our email earlier this week, I wrote about the need for us to be attentive to God, listening and looking for him at work in the world. And that's what we see in Simeon and Anna, people who knew what they were looking for and had dedicated their lives to being attentive so they wouldn't miss it. There were over 300 Old Testament prophecies fulfilled in Jesus, and at least 40 of them are considered to be messianic prophecies, specifically related to the coming of the promised saviour. The Hebrew, Hebrew scripture is immensely relevant to the gospel. Um, we see at least 20 quotations, not just um, references, but quotations, direct quotations, of the Old Testament in each of the Gospels and 14 in John, each of the Synoptic Gospels and 14 in John. And the number increases significantly if we think about references and allusions to what God had done before. The Gospel writers and Jesus himself were viewing the life of Jesus. They were communicating what was happening in relation, in the context of the scriptures and what God had promised to his people. So Anna and Simeon had seen that too. Being people who spent their lives in the temple, they would have been immersed in those scriptures and they would have known the promises of God that they proclaimed. So what are some of the prophecies that Simeon and Anna were looking for? to be fulfilled in Jesus. Well, perhaps they were looking for things like Micah chapter 5, verse 2, which says, But you, Bethlehem Ephrathah, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from of old, from ancient times. And perhaps they knew that Jesus had been born in Bethlehem, Or perhaps they were aware of Mary and Joseph's circumstances. You might expect that word of them would have spread. 
And so perhaps they were thinking of Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, which says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. Perhaps, given that they spent so much time at the temple, they were aware of the birth of John the Baptist and the circumstances that surrounded it. They maybe would have known Zechariah and been there on the day when he took his turn. And I was amazed to discover this week that this was a once in a lifetime experience for Zechariah when he was chosen to take incense into the temple and represent the prayers of God's people at the altar. The Bible tells us that Zechariah was on duty with his division of priests as he served in God's presence and he was chosen by priestly custom to go into the temple to burn incense. And the people were praying outside and I imagine that Simeon and Anna were among those people who waited outside and wondered What was taking Zechariah so long? Why was he in there for such a long time? We know from the account of scripture that Zechariah had an encounter in the temple with an angel who told him that his wife Elizabeth would give birth to a son who would be the one who would go before the coming Messiah proclaiming his coming and turning the people to God. So perhaps the commotion around all of that and Zechariah falling out of the temple unable to speak, having had an encounter with an angel, had got around. Perhaps they were aware of that and they were expecting, therefore, the next step to be the coming of the Messiah. Perhaps they were being especially vigilant after that event. But the Bible tells us that They were also led by the Holy Spirit to be prepared, that God had revealed to them that they would be in the generation that would see the coming Saviour. That the Holy Spirit had brought them that day, that time to the temple to experience what had been promised to them. Between all of those things, they knew what they were looking for. And we know that because in the words that they speak in this passage, they link back to the prophecies that had gone before. Simeon says to Mary, he blesses her and says, This child is the reason that many people in Israel will be condemned and many others will be saved. He will be a sign that will expose the thoughts of those who reject him. And a sword will pierce your heart. In doing this, Simeon is alluding to perhaps the words of Isaiah 53 and many other Old Testament passages which speak about the way that Jesus will suffer and die and the pain that that will cause to Mary herself. And so we know that there's this whole collection of scriptures and signs that have led Simeon and Anna to be waiting for God's salvation. There are also elements of the historical context that might have led them to be looking for the coming saviour. All of the prophecies that we read in this run-up to Christmas, the prophecies that tell us that Christ is coming 
also had relevance in their own time. They're the promises of God that when Israel finds itself far away, that when they are taken off into exile or living under oppression, that God is still with them and for them, that he has a plan to turn the world to himself. We hear that in this passage, don't we? That this child will be a light to reveal God to the Gentiles and the glory of Israel. It will restore Israel as God's people and it will open wide the gates for the whole world to be restored to God. So Simeon and Anna find themselves living in a time in Israel where once again they're living under occupation and in the hope that God would finally act to free them from the oppression that they suffered. They're drawn back to these promises of hope for Israel. According to psychologists, hope is associated with greater happiness, more flexible ways of thinking, determination and well-being. Hope is distinguished from wishful thinking or optimism because hope isn't an escape from the reality of our situation, but it's looking at the reality of our situation and having the hope, the determination that there will be a positive outcome. And we've thought today in our prayers, haven't we, about some of the hopeless situations in our world, some of the brokenness that we see around us. But hope allows us to look at those things and lift them to God with the assurance that in the end, all will be well. So what does it mean for us that Jesus' life was prophesied? Well, I think there's a few things. One, it links us back to the bigger story of God. In the prophecies of Jesus and their fulfillment, we are drawn into the bigger story of God and his people. We're included into something that had previously been only a hope for the rest of the world. God has a covenant with his people and in Jesus he opens it up to all of us to come in. We see that the Old Testament tells us that this was always God's intention. There was so much foreshadowing of this one who would come and redeem everything to how it was intended to be. Next, it shows us that Jesus is the awaited Messiah. Some of the prophecies about Jesus are things that Jesus almost deliberately fulfills when we think about um, the prophecy that he'll come riding into Jerusalem on a donkey. Jesus sets out to do that. He sends the disciples off to get a donkey, doesn't he? But there are, there are things in these prophecies that would be beyond the control of somebody being born. Things like where they were born, who their parents and family would be how they would die. Jesus shows us that he is who he says he is through these prophecies, through the working out of the things that had been told 
hundreds of years before. And in doing so, he shows us that God keeps his promises and that he's faithful to his word. And finally, it's important for us that Jesus' life was prophesied because it gives us hope. If the promises of the Old Testament are fulfilled in Jesus, then the words that Jesus spoke about life in all its fullness, about coming again in glory to scoop us up into God's kingdom, to renew all things, those things can be our hope because we've seen that he does the things that he says he's going to do. And that is the hope that keeps us going. That's the hope that makes us pray for the world in all its brokenness. So how do we respond to this Holy One of God, this coming King? We put our phone on silent. (laughs) Like Anna and Simeon, we are called to be attentive. And this season of Advent reminds us again to focus ourselves on God. In this run-up to Christmas that can be so busy and distracted, we are reminded in this story to place ourselves in the places where God can be found. To immerse ourselves in the word of God so we know what we're looking for. Simeon and Anna knew what they were looking for because they knew what the scriptures said. They knew what God had promised. We, we need to be connected to a community of faith so we can encourage one another in that hopeful expectation. It's really easy to go off course when we haven't got anybody who's encouraging us in the right direction. Simeon and Anna spent their time in the temple, immersed in worship and scripture around the people of God, who with them were hoping that God would move. So if Advent is our season of hopeful expectation and preparation for the coming of Jesus, both as we remember his coming at Christmas in the incarnation and as we look towards his coming again, because that's what we are here for, church, to to hope for and look for God coming again to look for the signs of the coming kingdom in our times and places. We're reminded to watch and wait. And so I want to pray for us this morning, and I wonder if if you're able, if you'll stand. I want us to respond to this call to be alert and aware of God. I want us to pray this morning for a release of prophetic giftings in this church, of people who will hear and see God at work and will remind the rest of us to look that way. And if that's you this morning, I'd love you to come and let us pray for you that God would release that gift. If you know that that's something you desire, then come and ask God for that gift and bless the church with that.